This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great podcast today. We start with Hunter Biden and the latest scandal. I mean, it is a mob family. Now, the judge who is supposed to decide today whether or not she accepts the plea bargain, somebody connected with his attorney called her office and said uh yeah i'm uh, i'm with the senate ways and means committee and uh we gotta get all of this uh testimony out uh, uh of this uh, record it's uh all this whistleblower stuff needs to go she finds out that that's a total lie that's not the guy it's actually somebody associated with the hunter biden uh defense attorneys are you kidding me if there's any justice he will be going to jail but we'll see also ufos we have carol roth on the fed we're talking also a little bit about the climate hysteria that hillary clinton kicked up yesterday and which brings us right to our <clears throat> right to our wednesday night special climate myths debunked the real reason elites want you terrified over global warming it is really uh, going to be t- tremendous tonight at 9 on Blaze TV. Podcast is coming up. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It is Preborn. Uh, there are the, the abortion pill now accounts for over half of the abortions committed in the U.S. More than 1,000 children die this way every day, and it is horrific. These Planned Parenthood centers, they tell, the, they tell these women and these girls that it's no big deal. It is a very big deal. Uh, and the, the trauma that is happening to these women is just inexcusable. Absolutely inexcusable. It's evil. Would you help save a mom? Would you help save a baby? I'd like you, if you have the means, would you consider a leadership gift to help save babies in a big way. Right now, um, an, a, a ultrasound is 25 bucks. If you would be willing, if you had the means, a tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network all across the country for 24 hours. That means you could rescue 200 babies. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or go to preborn.com slash back. Sponsored by Preborn. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So Carol Roth is a good friend uh, and a good friend of the program. She is the author of the new best-selling book, You Will Own Nothing, which is uh, really right in the same pocket as my book, Dark Future. They are often purchased together um, because they're good companion pieces. I wanted to get her on for a couple of reasons. First, Carol, can you tell me what to expect from the Fed today quickly? Yeah, so um, it's pretty baked into the market that the Fed is going to raise interest rates another 25 basis points. That's a quarter of a percent. 
that would put us in the five and a quarter to five and a half percent range on their target rate, which is basically a rate that is used to set all different kinds of of interest rates throughout the economy. And basically, the Fed is struggling to contain the inflation that they cause. They're the arsonists to burn down your house. And now they're standing with a water bottle and want to try to, to put it out yep. without that fire. Um, and I think that the big takeaway for everybody here is that these individuals in concert with the government, these have been the biggest enablers of a huge transfer of wealth from Main Street to Wall Street. And at the end of the day, that's all they really care about. So Jerome Powell will come out and he'll say how he's standing in service of the average American in the middle class. That's complete baloney. He and his cronies have helped support Wall Street. They have helped the government expand um, their purview and and continue to spend. And they're really trying hard to uh, do everything they can to get back to that posture. And so this may be another step in their plan. I will tell you that it is, I mean, it's hard to miss that the only ones this is really going to hurt is the average American. Because you're not going to stop inflation if you keep spending in Washington. You're just not. It's too much. No, no, that's the, that's the frustrating point. What what the Fed raising rates is supposed to do is it's supposed to send a signal throughout the economy to stop spending. On the corporate side, you know, we had 15 years of cheap, in some cases, free, easy money. So that's going to take a while to work itself through. On the consumer side, the same thing. So it's taking longer than they expect to work it through. On the government side, it's supposed to just be that neon sign, like, okay, now it's really expensive to finance your deficits, you need to slow spending. The Biden administration does not care and you have ignored the sign as going full speed towards the end of that fiscal cliff. You know what people don't understand is that if you don't get inflation under control, people will be like, well, we have a target of 2% inflation. Right now, we ought to target a 3% inflation over the next 10 years. That seems like that's not that big of a deal but three percent inflation means in 10 years the loss of uh, about 34 percent 34 cents on every dollar you have so if you're saving for your retirement if the fed says we're going to take three uh, percent inflation we think that's reasonable we all go oh yeah that's not so bad that's 35 cents on every dollar you've saved for retirement it's obscene. Yeah, it's a, a huge debasement of the currency, which means that reduces your purchasing power. And if your wages don't keep pace with that inflation, or if you're somebody who is a retiree or not in the workforce, this is just the slow eating away of the middle class. And in compounding works for something like inflation the same way it does for investment. You know, it, it seems like it's, it's a small gain, but when you add that up and you compound it over time, it's incredibly meaningful. And that's really, I think, what's going to happen here. I think the reality of the fiscal situation of the United States, the shifts in the global economy, um, and just yep. you know, poor financial management is going to create this, this eating away, slow eating away of the middle class until it doesn't exist anymore. So this is a, something we need to stay on and we need to turn it around. 
I have to tell you, I was um, with a bunch of people from Idaho. I'm up in Idaho at my ranch, and um, uh, they were talking about the health of the state. Zero debt. Their emergency wow. funds are full, and they have re- got given uh, uh, tax refunds uh, back, I think, the second year in a row in, in Idaho. I don't know of a state that is that healthy. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Carol, let me switch topics with you here for a second. I've been noticing, and it's almost with glee, and I've, I noticed this starting way back with the Occupy Wall Street thing. It is really institutionalized. Both of our books talk about this with um, uh, the World Economic Forum. It is a Malthusian, almost anti-human kind of, of uh, program and philosophy. All of it is where a few people say, I'm God. And I can do X, Y, and Z, and I'll make all the decisions. And you know what? There's too many people. And I saw this uh, report on CNN. Could we roll this uh, report underneath here? And this is from CNN. And there, I am legend, apocalypse now. Listen. Those I have seen, imagining what Earth would look like if humans vanished. But this photographer's work is steeped in reality, capturing what the world really does look like without people. Have a look at this. Roman Veillon has spent years okay. photographing so about they're, they're talking about what the world looks like if there are no people involved. And there are people that are actually for this idea and for the idea of degrowth. You can't degrow without killing people. Can you? This, this is crazy. And anytime you get, you know, a, a movement like this, I like to say, you first, you go first, and then we'll see how that works out. And, and then we'll, uh, we'll consider it. <laughs> uh, this is basically the degrowth idea is the resurgence of something that started in the 1970s. It's being targeted heavily at young people. And if you just think about the concept of degrowth, it's it, it, Basically, growth means prosperity, expansion, progress, improvement, advancement. Degrowth is the opposite. It's regression. It's contraction. It's basically the, the demon spawn of you will own nothing in a dark future. I mean, that's basically what it is. So they're trying to undo all of the good things that have been done. I read a, a piece on this, Glenn, and they said that, you know, it, we're not talking about a recession, it means a phase of planned and equitable economic contraction in the richest nations. So this is something that they want to come yep. after the wealthy countries, not, not just the, and, and it's planned. You know, this isn't just, oh, it just kind of happens, but focus and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and planned. And then through forms of direct or participatory democracy, so forms of it, whatever form they want, they would organize the economies. So again, central planning, not actual democracy to ensure that everyone's basic needs are met. So, you know, the government who doesn't produce anything is going to make sure your needs are met and then redirect our energies away from economic expansion. And then, so this is the, that's the you will own nothing part. So you'll be happy part is we would tend to reduce our working hours in the formal economy in exchange for more home production and leisure. We would have less income, but more freedom. Thus, in our simplicity, we would be rich. <laughs> and, that is and this crazy. is crazy. It, it is crazy. I'm, and this is this is what they're putting out 
and bringing in the young people who feel desperate under the guise of this is better for the climate, this is better for the environment, and the people who feel like they can't have the American dream. So what do we do to bring down everybody to the lowest common denominator? Everybody else. Um, you know, I'm, I'm um, looking at a website called beyondgrowth2023.eu, and it says the pathway towards sustainable prosperity in the eu and it's a big meeting that is happening let's get this discussion going and let's organize collectively um this is this is nothing uh other than it's not prosperity it is equal misery if if you know everybody who knows anything about business or even human growth if you are not growing if you are not learning constantly you're regressing you don't stay static. You regress. Things fall apart. You, you, you don't do this without hurting a lot of human beings. Yeah, it's, it's a movement backwards. Degrowth, when I think of D, the undoing, uh, deflation, depopulation. They call it swapping uh, profit for well-being. But if you think about what has created well-being, it has been a movement towards free enterprise. It has been that growth. It's been the democratization of ownership, um, you know, where people have that opportunity to participate in the economy and lift themselves and their families up. And if you look at the the quote unquote richest nations, the ones that they seem to hate, um, you know, those are the ones that, you know, are, are actually have actually gotten the technology and, and harnessed the opportunity to create cleaner technologies. It's the emerging nations Correct. that haven't gone through that renaissance yet. But that's not what they say. There, there's a gentleman who is a professor. And, and uh, anytime I, I see a, a nutty idea, I love to see if he's part of the WEF. And so, of course, he is. Yeah. And he went on this rant and basically said, that climate change is being driven primarily by the consumption of the global north. So it's incumbent on rich countries to shrink their economy. And then when somebody challenged him and said, but yeah, isn't it these, these you know, emerging economies that are really creating the issue and says, no, 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 it has nothing to do with poor countries. Quote, the real problem is that there are too many rich people. <laughs> and so this is what it is. Oh this is gosh. the envy politics this is people have too many opportunities for freedom. We cannot control them. So we're going to use this climate catastrophization and this, you know, fake emergency as a way to get young people to buy in. And of course, if you capture the young people, right, and you tell them not not to get married, not to not to grow, not to correct, work correct. hard, not to have kids, that's a, a, a very you know easy and evil way for them to fulfill their agenda. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We are so glad that you've tuned in. Uh, one of my favorite people uh, is Michael Knowles. I just love this guy. He's really smart, very, very effective, uh, and uh, I think carries the banner uh, very, very well uh, every day. Podcaster from The Daily Wire, Michael Knowles. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Glenn, so wonderful to be with you, as always. Thank you for having me. Now, you're in Hungary, right? I'm in Hungary now, and oddly enough, I'm, I'm in Hungary for a book tour, which I never expected to do. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, but you wrote a very, very, uh, you know, we've written several, but one very big bestseller, Reasons to Vote for Democrats. And I understand that it is now a Hungarian translation. Yes, I will admit that it, it had been an aspiration of mine as an author that one of my books with sure. words would, would make it into a, a foreign translation. But I'm perfectly happy <laughs> right. that it was my book without yeah. any words that has received the Hungarian translation. And that title, Glenn, just in case any of your listeners are walking around Budapest and want to pick up a copy, is, of course, Miert is Savatsunk Liber Nyakokra. So uh, your your listeners can write that down yeah. and uh, hurry out and pick up a copy. Yeah. yeah, that just flows right off the tongue, just flows right. <laughs> now, it is uh, like 300 pages that are completely blank. Have you thought about uh, Mandarin and other languages? Well, I'm pleased that it's now six years after I published what I'm sure will be my magnum opus. Wow. I'm pleased that interest yes. remains strong, not only in America, but around the world. And, and I think that since the message has resonated not only in our own country, but throughout the West, soon enough, I think it will spread to the Far East, perhaps uh, the Southeast in India, uh, maybe to Africa and Latin America as wow. well. Uh, wow. I think geopolitics is moving wow. quickly. And that's really good that it's in Latin America, too, because Latin is a dying language, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be nice to have that. So, um, uh, Michael, you are in uh, Czechoslovakia. Viktor Orban is a fascinating guy, uh, in, in my opinion. I, I don't know enough about him to make a judgment call, but some people say that he is a dictator, some, you know, are fascist. Uh, others are saying, no, he is the best example of freedom uh, in, in Europe. Where do you stand on, on him and what's happening in Czechoslovakia or I mean Hungary? All I can tell you, Glenn, is the same people who call Orban a fascist are the ones who call me and you and anybody to the right of Barack Obama a fascist. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm no expert on Hungary. I've been here now a sum total of 48 hours, but I have followed the country pretty, pretty closely over the last few years. I'll tell you, Budapest is wonderful. Uh, there are no, you know, uh, military troops parading the streets, locking us all up. It's a wonderful example of true freedom, which is not the freedom of San Francisco, where you have the freedom to be a druggie and a criminal and break into cars and turn the place into a hellhole. But it's the freedom of what was once Christian civilization, the freedom to walk down the street in relative safety, the freedom to go do business and to work, the freedom to practice your faith without being uh, bullied by the government, as has unfortunately been the case in other parts of the West, the freedom even to have a family and to have your traditions. You know, what Orban has done is in 2014, he came out and he said, we're not a liberal democracy like some of you guys say you are. We're an illiberal democracy. We're an older kind of democracy. We're in 2019. He came out and said, we're a Christian democracy. You know, that that's what the West mm -hmm. was until very, very recently. And, and so they're they're going to prioritize things like their traditions, their churches, their, their rituals, and most importantly, their families. Hungary is the one country in the West that has started to reverse demographic decline, this collapse in the family. And they've done so very actively, very intentionally. Uh, Orban refers to himself as the last man in Europe, and he's made this point. He had a wonderful speech in Romania just yesterday, which is that he said, 
that uh, Europe is going to be saved by Christianity, by the faith that made her, or Europe's not going to be saved at all. And on that point, I, true. I fail to see a single wrong thing that the man has said. Yeah, um, you know, and, and Europe is different than America. I mean, it used to be. Uh, I hope we are still, uh, I hope we can get back on the path. Um, but, you know, Europe does not have uh, the Bill of Rights or uh, the understanding of liberty that we have. Uh, their right and left in their book is fascist and communism. And so they try to moderate in between and try to get into the into the middle there where you, there you have maximum freedom for them. Um, we're uh, a different kind of republic and we always have been. What I'm concerned about now, Michael, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, you know, when you talk about clean streets, they're safe, uh, you know, uh, you can. You can live your life and be safe and the craziness stops. That is that can be promised by people here in America that do not believe in the Bill of Rights. The way to stop all crime is just to start cracking down. And I think that's what the left wants to do. They've caused all this uh, 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 chaos so they can crack down on it. That is a spooky thing because people can say we're going to solve this problem and it's not through freedom. That's a, a great point, Glenn. The, the term that you sometimes hear to describe the left is anarcho-tyranny. First, you encourage the anarchy, the looting, the rioting. You saw it during the George Floyd riots. And then the, the anarchy serves a purpose because it leads to the crackdown. And so that, that's always a fear. And it's, it's a fear if it, it's, it's done in the name of the left, or it's a fear if it's done in the name of the right. And you, you have a good point, which is that in America, we put so much emphasis on our Constitution and our Bill of Rights as written documents. And in Europe, that's not always the case. Often what Europe looks to is a lowercase c kind of a constitution because they have a much longer history and they develop differently as, yeah. than, than our nation did. And so the, the question for Europe and perhaps for us to some degree as well is what traditions are we going to return to? You know, the, the dalliances in Europe with fascism in the 20th century were they were a kind of a traditionalist movement, but it was a traditionalist movement that turned away from the church, that turned away from the faith, that that, that the, it, in many ways was kind of modernist. In many ways, fascism had aspects of leftism to it, Correct. or communism, or oh, socialism. Yeah. And, and so yeah. what, what's being offered here is a, a little bit of a different option, which is we're, we're going to return to to the faith that, that built our country. And, you know, there I see a lot of similarities with the U.S. because, as you know better than anybody, the, the founding fathers were echoing the, the words of the earlier statesmen of America who said that ours was to be a model of Christian charity, a shining city on a hill, a, a, you know, a country built for a moral and religious people unfit to the government of any other kind. There, I, I think, and I hope, we can see uh, a similarity between the U.S., and Europe before both of our respective places uh, go go spinning off the rails. What do you think is happening in America? Uh, are we, you know, I think we've been waking up for a while, but I sense there's a, a new corner about to be turned 
um, with the American people. I was thinking about this the last couple of days where Churchill said, don't worry, the Americans, they're always slow, but they get it. And once they get it, they stand up. And I, I feel as though there is a corner coming where uh, for the real traditional Democrat, whatever is left outside of Washington, D.C., the independent and the Republican, I just sense a time coming where it's like enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just done. And I'm, I'm just not going to tolerate it anymore. You're dismissed. You're a joke. And not going to do it anymore. Do you sense that we're on that road or not? Pardon me? Certainly. It's, it, it's absolutely happening. And, and you see it in a lot of different places. You see it in RFK Jr. polling at 19% in the Democratic Party. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is yes. representative not yes. just of people who question the COVID regime, but of people who long for those old Kennedy Democrats and who think that the, the current crop have, have really Correct. gone crazy. Uh, you, you see this in uh, that Gallup poll that just came out. It showed a shocking number to many people. It showed a seven point drop in just one year for public support of any same sex sexual relations, not a redefinition of marriage, not transgenderism, same sex relations. And regardless of what one thinks about homosexuality or, or some aspect of the sexual revolution, what I think is really important about that number is it shows you that people are not merely reacting to the most extreme of the extreme, go into the kindergartens and teach kids transgenderism or whatever. They're recognizing that, that ideas have consequences. And so when, when you have bad consequences all around you, you can begin to look in the other direction and say, okay, well, what ideas did that come from? And, and it is not just far right wing Republicans who are reacting to this. It's not just far right wing parents who are showing up to their school board meetings and saying none of the nonsense in the classroom. This is a much broader movement. And so the only question for us now going into 2024 is if you've got a broad consensus among the people that that this wacky leftism has gone too far, do the people still possess enough political power to overcome an entrenched and corrupt establishment that's going to try to take their power? Yeah, because that is the that's the only thing that uh, keeps me up at night is not how the American people are going to move. But do is it even possible to have a real honest election anymore? Um, Because the, the Democrats just don't seem to be worried about anything. Poll numbers going down. Everything is so unpopular. And yet they're just like, no, it's great. We're going to do even more. Why would you do that coming up with an election year? It's a big fear. And I know that we're not allowed to question the most perfect election that was ever conducted in the history of democracy going back to Pericles. But but what's ironic about the left trying to shut down any discussion of some of the irregularities in 2020 is that they themselves brought up the risk of fraud just 10 or so years ago. Barack Obama is on record as raising serious doubts about widespread mail-in ballots and pointing out that that opens up the possibility of fraud, to say nothing of ballot harvesting, to say nothing of the illicit uh, practices that the Democrats engaged in, especially in Pennsylvania, 
back in 2020. And so to your point, the, the fact that they seem so complacent when they have weekend at Bernie's in the White House should should raise Republicans concerns, because uh, it, in an ordinary year, in an ordinary election with a candidate who can't pronounce his own name, uh, a party should be worried. And, and so the question is, do they think they can just push Biden across the finish line, whether he knows where he is or not? Or do the Democrats have a trick up their sleeve? And do they believe that Joe Biden won't actually be the nominee in 24? It's so early on. Any of those things are possible. Michael, thank you for uh, everything that you do and uh, the service you provide. I, you know, I love you and all of the people at Daily Wire. I'm so excited for your success, especially with this new translation. I mean, I don't know how how long it took to translate, but I'm so happy for you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Glenn, uh, for everything all you do, and especially for promoting uh, this important political treatise. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Michael Knowles from the Michael Knowles uh, program, author of the book Reasons to Vote for Democrats, now in Hungarian. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. You know, I was reading something uh, just a couple of days ago about the gig economy. And, you know, that's something that the uh, uh, Biden administration and Gavin Newsom and everybody else wants to shut down because it's just not it's just not right. And I was reading about people who are involved in the gig economy. That's, you know, you're doing Uber Eats or you're you're driving for Uber. You're, you're doing something on your own time. Something that stuck out in this article was the people who are in the gig economy are uh, generally the ones who are in the least amount of credit card debt and they do the gigs so they can have the extra money that they don't have to put it on the credit card they're people that are generally more disciplined and it's it's crazy um that the federal government would take something like the gig economy where you could work your own pace, whatever you want to do. I was reading about a guy who's, he's like, I, I want to make $800 a day uh, or whatever it is, $200 a day. And all, that's, all I, that's all I need. And so I'm only going to work that. Sometimes it's five hours, sometimes it's eight hours, but that's all I, all I want to do. The freedom of opportunity there is what they're going after. Because that's what freedom means. You have opportunity and uh whether you like to hear it or not or your friends and family like to hear it it is true our freedom is going away and what does that mean people are well, how's your freedom going away the opportunity to chart my own course the opportunity to start my own business the opportunity to do what bill gates did that doesn't exist anymore that's how freedom is slipping away. There's a, um, there's a commercial that looks like it's a commercial for Donald Trump, uh, but it was just done by, you know, somebody at home who was putting something together and then put, you know, Donald Trump for president. So it's not coming from his campaign, um, but it is very effective. And Frank Luntz uh, tweeted it yesterday and said, this is the most dangerous thing I've seen, and I don't understand that um, because some of the things that are there, I'm not sure I agree with, 
But this is also one of the most accurate things I have seen in a campaign ad. Listen to this. If I were the deep state. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America, I would rig the election with a puppet candidate. One that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. I would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmailed judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. That is powerful. <laughs> what has we happened to Frank in... Luntz is my question, though. Why is that dangerous? Is it know. dangerous for people to know. think for themselves? I don't think so. Wow. That's. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know Frank has been very sick lately, but uh, he's on the men. But um, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I have the opposite take uh, from Frank Luntz on many things, but that's one of them. And mm-hmm. the deep state we have gone in five years from at least I have six years. When Donald Trump first said that, I was a little uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't know, because it was right around the time where he said the media is the enemy of the American people. And I'm like, I, I agree, kind of, but I don't I wouldn't say it that way. He's right. There is there is no other way to describe the mainstream media than a, a danger to the American people and her freedom. Clearly, there is no other way to describe what's going on. Just look at what's happening with Hunter Biden and then the media coverage on it. There is no other way to describe it other than a deep state. And, you know, when you question your sexuality, but you're not allowed to question Pfizer. Mm hmm. How, how does mm-hmm. Pfizer get away with that? It's clearly a deep state. It's really. I mean, if I were doing it, I would have done if I were a deep state. Yeah. All day long. I tell Biden what to do if I were the deep state. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would have done it, too. But this was maybe a little more effective than that. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty good. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Unless you know, have you have a Zionist master, and then of course (laughs) they're going to release the. (laughs) I wouldn't have to work hard. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so uh, uh, now let me switch to another 
case of the deep state. And I want you to listen to this story. This comes from uh, theblaze.com. And it is a must read and share with friends because I read the news and I have producers and Stu, I mean, Pat, you have producers. Mm -hmm. You read the news every day. This one I cannot believe happened and I didn't know. Believe it or not. There was an Islamic terrorist attack in Fargo, North Dakota, earlier this month. One that local law enforcement believes could have resulted in countless casualties instead of the one police officer that was killed. Like so many people from Syria last decade, Mohammed Barakat was brought to the U.S. as an asylum seeker became a citizen in 2019. He returned the favor on July 14th by randomly firing 60 rounds from his car near the site of a car crash on 25th Street in Fargo. Likely waiting for the police and first responders to come to the scene, he allegedly gunned down three police officers in an unprovoked attack. He killed one police officer, Jake Wallen, seriously injured two other officers as well as a female allegedly female civilian there has been almost a complete blockade of this story it is nowhere in the national media it took over a week for any information about his immigration history to even come to light as we were watching the streets of France burn, this story happens and nobody reports on it. Now, so you know, this is not your average, you know, street thug, mentally ill person. Given the lack of criminal record or manifesto left behind, this has the hallmarks of targeted jihad. Because listen, Police found in his car 1,800 live rounds, along with three rifles, four handguns, all of which were loaded. He also had a grenade, gas canisters, and explosives in his car. According to the North Dakota Attorney General, Drew Wrigley, the car was filled with also large amounts of tannerite, a highly uh, explosive compound, made from ammonium nitrate. Uh, Wrigley also said that uh, uh, Barakat was looking for significant crowd events in the area. He had a clear path. He was going to downtown Fargo. If it wasn't for Officer Zach Robinson taking out the gunman's rifle from 75 feet, listen to that, 75 feet with a 9-millimeter handgun, that's an incredible shot. Uh, it would have been a mass casualty event because he appeared to be on the way to the downtown street fair. The FBI found his computer in his apartment, and it contained a, a search history revealing that he looked up mass casualty events and how to cause certain injuries. The last article that appeared in his search history was a local news article titled Thousands Enjoy First Day of Downtown Fargo Street Fair. 
So the FBI still doesn't know uh, the motive at all. Uh, They are just they're surprised by this. They didn't see it. Now, listen to this. This is the part that gets incredible. Eight percent of Fargo, North Dakota, is now foreign born. Most of that is from the Islamic areas in Africa, like Sudan or Somalia. Even much of the European refugee is Bosnian. The massive influx of refugee resettlement done by our country has shipped these Islamic people to Fargo. Fargo is growing much faster than the rest of the state or the country. Uh, population from uh, 74,000 to 128, and it's Somalis, Iraqis, Bosnians, Bangladeshis, uh, Afghanistan refugees. 600 Somali families have occupied Fargo. Somalis outnumbered Hispanics in Fargo in the public school system. Refugee resettlement led by the Lutheran Social Services continued to bombard the state with foreign migrants, 70% of them embedded in the Fargo area. According to census data gathered by the Center for Immigration Studies, 23% of all students in the Fargo School District are foreign-born. That number was close to zero before the global war on terror. Even Even though the people who are, listen to this, are most persecuted in the Middle East and in the Syrian war in particular, most of them were Christians. Almost all of the refugees that have been sent to Fargo are Muslim. From fiscal year 2012 to 2022, 1.6% of the 30,000 Syrians that were resettled, almost all of them were Sunni Muslims. 1.6% were Christians. What's going on here? Why aren't we looking at this? Foreign-born population of North Dakota is now at a 103% increase from 2010 to 2021. The unvetted Afghan refugees pumped in. Hmm. And now this, and nobody's talking about it. That's the deep state. That's making sure you don't know what's happening in our own communities. That is excusing Islamic terrorism. That is not being brought up because you don't want to know how many people are coming across our border that wish us ill. And that's not just Islamic. That's also Chinese and Russian and Iraqis. There's a reason they don't want us focusing on that. And there's a reason the blaze has that story. You can find it. The blaze.com, the blackout of the Fargo terrorist attack, the blaze.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.